What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this Thursday night to just do a little casual NBA weekly roundup. Noah, probably our last weekly roundup before things start to get real, real spicy. Yeah, um, I think we have like 13 regular season uh, games left, Con. We're getting close to the playoffs. And then after playoffs, con comes a draft. Um, plenty, plenty of content for the bench chatter boys coming through in the near future. Um, oh, me and Colin sure. have a lot of ideas planned. You know, the playoffs are great for content, Colin, and so is the draft. Oh, they're the best. Um, so even though the fantasy season is waning down, getting into it, the last legs, um, the content will not stop flowing. Me and Colin, me and Colin are here for the here for the future. No, let's. Can I just say uh, I'm. I'm very, very excited that it's you and I going to be in the finals of categories. I am. I'm I, uh, also very excited, Colin. I, I think it's the only way that it really could have ended. And you know what's crazy, too? It was a, a 10-man league. Four teams make the playoffs. Both Noah and I are up 8-1 right now. And I don't even, and, I'm not even playing Russell Westbrook, and he's been playing well. I, I want to point this out, too, because I think it's important. I'm up 8-1, and my opponent has used 8 of their 14 matchup acquisitions. So oh. it's not as though I'm playing somebody that, like, forgot to check their lineup. And, Con, even more important, you know, some people say third place is honestly more important than winning first place in a lot of fantasy point leagues. And <laughs> in our points league, Con, I'm, I'm, I'm just mopping you, in the, I'm mopping yeah, you, you in the points league for third place. That is, yeah, that is happening. I, uh, yeah. The kids are calling third place the new first place, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know what, that's, uh, that's a tough one. I, uh, I'm not even, we don't even need to go there because it's not worth it. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, you can have third place in that one because I'm going to get first in cat, and that's what really matters oh. to me. Oh. Noah, you, you uh, I picked, I re-picked up Chris Paul. I had dropped him, like, two weeks ago. That was that sitting is, there for for you if you wanted it. You know, I I had to let you get a little something, Colin. I didn't want to eat one yet. Okay, yeah. Mm, yeah I'll, I'll sit here and believe that, pal. I've I'm never sure wanted to win seething. anything more than this Cat League Finals on it. I'm going to be honest, Colin. I haven't checked the waiver wire in the Cat League in so long because that's how good my team is. Yeah, I hadn't been doing it either, and then I ran into some injuries, so I, uh, you know, playoff time, but it didn't matter. All right, let's get into some some roundup. This isn't even a fantasy episode. Noah, top of the list. You know what? We got to give this guy his flowers, his roses. Jamal Crawford officially retires from the league. This dude played fucking forever. You know he's like top twenty in games played in NBA history. Mm-hmm. It's it's Jamal Crawford. You know he uh, he hasn't played a game yet this year, and he only played one for the Nets last year. I think he he caught a ten day contract at one point, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but we're talking about a guy three times sixth man of the year. He was actually drafted by my Chicago Bulls back in the year 2000, was there for four years, and then just was really everywhere. But when you talk about a guy that can just fucking hoop, Noah, 
Mm-hmm. It's Jamal Crawford. Like, he just plays a very, very watchable brand of basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jay Crossover is nicknamed Khan. Uh, Jamal Crawford is one of my favorite players to ever play the game, honestly. He played 20 seasons, Colin. Um, the most ever by anyone who has never had an all-star appearance. Uh, um, I honestly think Jamal Crawford's going to go down as one of the best players to never make an all-star game. Um, mm-hmm. He's also He had four 50-point games in his career, Colin. The same amount as Carmelo Anthony. That's pretty disrespectful. He had won at, like, age 38? Yeah, he had won at age 38, Noah. Think about that. Wow. Yeah, um... He officially retired, gone. I will always remember. I remember Joe Kamal Crawford mostly for his time in Atlanta, Colin. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, I believe he hit a game winner, three point bank in the playoffs for the Hawks to win them a game. I do game. remember that. Um, just absolutely legendary. Jamal Crawford will go down in history. Awesome player. Won't be forgotten. Um, no. Just if you're if you're a younger listener of the Bench Chatter Boys, just look up Jamal Crawford hoop mixtape and he his bag was wide, Con. Jamal Crawford had no problem <laughs> getting into his bag very often. Yeah, that uh, th- that's very accurate. Actually, uh, who came out and said it? Lamelo Ball came out and said that if he was going to compare his game to anybody's, it would be Jamal Crawford's, which I think was just a pretty cool shout out. I like that a lot. Right? I like that a lot. I he can see this, it, too, yeah. now. Yeah, he said this a couple months ago, too, that it wasn't like a post-retirement thing, which I actually I think it means he actually means it. And I agree with it to, to some extent, you know. I think Jamal's probably got a little bit more pure scorer in him, but I like the comp. I like the comp. All right, that's Jamal Crawford. Um... Surprise, surprise, Noah. Zion and Dame not coming back this season. Um, I think Dame, we were 100% sure there was no reason for him to come back. I I think you and I both kind of convinced each other that Zion might come back this year. We did. We did. He he fooled us there for a second, Con. We were on the he's not coming back train, then to the he's coming back train after the CJ trade. Yeah. um, And we saw the Pelicans were playing well. Um, and now he's officially not coming back on. We mm-hmm. were never wrong. Um, surprise, surprise, not too many. Um, but that situation, I feel like, Con has actually been cleared up a little. Um, it was pretty murky, Con, um, yeah. around January, February, where we're like, you know, the Zion rumors were, is he over, is he fat? Is he overweight? Yeah. You know, does he want to play in New Orleans? Um, the does he want to play in New Orleans factor is still not really cleared yeah, up that say, much. That but is not Zion is in shape, um. He's going to play next season somewhere and be an awesome player. Um, Dame, not surprised he's not coming back. The Blazers are tanking. They're going for the best picks yeah. possible. Um, and I very much can't expect Paul George to get added to this list with Zion and Dame pretty shortly. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised they haven't announced it yet. I That one, as soon as it was announced, I never thought he really had a chance of coming back. So I don't even throw him on this list and somebody was talking about Kawhi the other day and I was like dude Kawhi is just not coming back write that one off alright yeah, yeah kind of I, a think it, I think in the long run con this year will actually this year where the Clippers where they had zero expectations once Paul George fell, fell off um, I actually think this season's a big dub for them in terms of developing a lot of those other guys um, and I think this Clippers team is 
a very much a sleeper finals contender next season. Um, I think they're just going to be a little bit, you know, underestimated, Con. Yeah, I don't even know if sleeper's the right word because any team with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on it is uh, is going to be pretty good. Pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, last thing on Zion, you watched him do the uh, the dunk? I did watch him do the dunk. Felt a little weird, right? Just a little. <laughs> not necessarily that you can do it and not necessarily that you're out for the whole season, but that the day after you're announced that you're out for the season, you show us what is undoubtedly a fucking sick dunk. But... Just a little know. casual just, between the yeah. legs dunk from Zion. It felt and, hey, like guys. the timing of that was very specific. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna put it that way. Yeah, that was uh, that was a tad bit weird, um, but I, I like to see it, dude. Zion's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I I was watching first take, not first take. Uh, one of those ESPN shows, like just during the day, and Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson were arguing about. You know, does Zion have some responsibility to tell us how he's doing, like where his injury is at, and then like they're requesting a trade thing? And I don't know. I I think to some extent, it's weird. It still bothers me that Zion in year three is trying to get out. Like you've got one more year on your rookie deal, dude. Just go. Just like let the season play out and then go. Like, you don't need to to do this whole thing. I don't know. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, as a rookie. You know, like, when, when Harden does it 12 years in, it, it, it still bothers me. But it's like, all right, like, you know, I kind of get it. He's when, earned his place. Yeah, you know? when you're 21 years old, I, I don't know. And it's kind of what Richard Jefferson was saying. He's like, this dude's 21 years old. Like, think about that. He's like a junior or senior in college right now. Should you really expect him to be so mature that he can handle these decisions like nah. mm-hmm. you know and i was like, i get yeah. that and then perk's point was like well he's being paid eight million dollars a year yeah i think he could maybe man up a little bit and i was like ah, i'm actually I'm, I'm hearing both sides here i really am <laughs> kendrick perkins with a half decent take i well yeah that was like the only somewhat like good point he made the rest of the stuff he was just yelling for no reason <laughs> Yeah, Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, Con, because Zion turning down the the extension from the Pelicans is not out of the question, Um, and that would be that would be quite crazy to see, Con, because a player of his caliber turning down a rookie extension is like literally unheard of. I don't know if it's ever happened before. Um, Yeah. Next piece of news, Colin: LeBron James now leads the NBA in points per game, Con, at thirty points even. Uh, Joel Embiid second with 29.8. Giannis Antetokounmpo at third with 29.7. Colin, I know it's gonna it's... be gonna be an gonna be an awesome race down the finish to see who wins that scoring title. Um, if you had to guess, Colin, how many scoring titles do you think LeBron has won in his career? It's none, right? Or is it one? I think it's he's none. Got, he he's got one in he's 2008. Like a... Right? Yeah. Okay. What did, he, what did he put up? It wasn't even, like, that much comparatively. Oh, no, he had one 30-point-per-game season, and that was it, right? Yes, LeBron in 2008-2009 con averaged 
28.4 points. He actually had his 30-point season. This, he's had he's had two 30-point or more se- season averages before. Wait, no, it's saying he led he led when he scored 30.0. Okay, 2007, 2008. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, okay, and he had 31.4 in his third year in the league, yeah. I mean, it's insane. It, it really is, especially because he also led the league in assists two years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a LeBron hater, but you, you got to give guys flowers. It's insane because he the is. only guys, like the oldest player to score 30 points before this were Steph and Michael at 34. And he's going to be wow. 37. He is. He's having an awesome season, Colin. Like just a just an absolutely monster season, um, and he literally has to right now for the Lakers to even win games. Ooh, the Lakers yeah. are still in risk of missing the playing games, but it's just crazy yeah. to still see LeBron doing this. It's just like Tom Brady, Con. It's like when is this guy gonna stop produ- like playing, at, producing at the highest level? And it's like, hey, this guy's just gonna go out on. I think LeBron's gonna go out on his own terms, and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, we're we're getting to the point where same thing was being said about Brady. Remember, we had like five years of like, oh, this is the season where Brady's going to be washed up. I I don't think we've had that about LeBron yet. Maybe last off season, we started to hear a little bit of that, of like, when is LeBron going to fall off? And like, oh, this will be the year. I think you're going to slowly start to hear that narrative more, and I, I kind of agree, you know? Like, LeBron clearly takes very good care of his body. He's been playing less games, too, which I think is helpful in increasing your longevity. Yeah, I, I think this guy could uh, could be doing some really special things for a really long time. And my prediction is Giannis. No. Ooh. Uh... No, uh, mm, I'll take. Uh, uh, I, uh, God damn it! It's a real coin cost here. Uh, give me my money on LeBron. I would put money on LeBron if I had to. I'm also putting my money on LeBron James to lead the league in scoring at age 37. Con, what an awesome accomplishment that would be to add to his already very accomplished career. Uh, I'm rooting for it, honestly. Um, next piece of news, Colin, Quinn Snyder linked to the Spurs and the Lakers this upcoming offseason. I don't know how much, I don't know how much truth there actually is in this report, Colin, but, um, the Jazz certainly are one more disappointing playoff run away from, you know, possibly having to blow things up. And one of the first things that the Jazz will look at is, you know, can, it has Quinn Snyder just reached his ceiling with this team? Have the Jazz as a team reach their ceiling, which I believe they have. Um, I think I the think Jazz. That's gonna be the, it. The Jazz's ceiling is just lower than some other teams. Con, like when Rudy Gobert's your second best player, that's just how it is. Um, and Quinn Snyder will certainly be one of the first things they look to change. Um, mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder's a, a really good coach. Con, like yeah, <laughs> the Jazz weren't th- this good before they had Quinn Snyder and before they got Donovan Mitchell, but. He certainly plays a very massive role into how that Jazz team functions, and the, it's just one of those situation, Colin, one of those situations, Colin, where I think the Jazz mm-hmm. will find out that the grass is not always greener on the other side. Like I, I think so too. I just you look at this Jazz roster and and, and try to explain to me if you look at the other top teams 
the top three seeds in the East and the West, how the roster itself is constructed better. It's simply not. You know? You have Donovan Mitchell, who's a fantastic scorer. You have Rudy Gobert, who's a fantastic interior defender, but has his major shortcomings on the offensive end. You've got Mike Conley, who is how old at this point? He's 34? 52? You know? He obviously made an all-star game last year and is doing his thing, but, you know, like he's averaging 13-5. and five. It's It's fine. You know, I won't slander Bojan Bogdanovic. I think he's a fantastic piece, but I think he's exactly that. He's a piece. He's not a a superstar. Mm-hmm. So then when you just kind of look around the roster construction here, it really feels like they're just getting the absolute max out of this roster year in, year out. Mm-hmm. And this is just where this roster takes you. Yeah, I, I would have to agree, Colin. I... Quinn Snyder on the Spurs as a pred- as a follow up to Pop sounds kind of fire. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So is Pop like for sure done? You think he beat? I got don't the know. record. I don't. I, think I don't so. know. It doesn't seem like it, but it's not like that Spurs team's doing anything anytime soon. So he also does see Pop does seem like the kind of guy calling that like is just gonna announce that he's done. Like you know he's yeah. Pop doesn't want to <laughs> ending tour like Coach K. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I agree. Alrighty. Um Jimmy Butler is shooting nine point seven percent from three since the all star break. And Hassan Whiteside or not uh, my god, not Hassan Whiteside. Um fucking oh god. Why do I always forget his name? Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam said he would kick his ass and then him and Spolster got into it. Yeah, uh, things not... You want me not... to fucking fight you? Yeah. Yeah, and then, well, did you see what, what Spolster said first? Because you can't see Jimmy's mouth. Is Yeah, he says, you want me to fucking fight you? And then Haslam says, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> just, I, some, just some guys being dudes. I love Jimmy Butler. I, I really do. But, yeah, that's a tough scene. I don't know. I, It's one of those things you go back and forth and you're like, oh, is that, like, you know, just, like, a heat of the moment kind of thing? Or is that, like, real indicative of a locker room issue? That, to me, feels like it might be indicative of a locker room issue. When you have to – when you've got Kyle Lowry on the court trying to call a second timeout so that your star player and your coach can stop fighting again and they don't get teed up for a delay of game. Mm-hmm. That to yeah, me is uh, that's big. This Heat team rides on how well Jimmy Butler can play, Con, because the role players can play as good as they want. But at the end of the day, at the end of a game in the playoffs, in a you know in a game seven, it's down to Jimmy to make that play. Um, like you know, Con, I am not the biggest Jimmy Butler fan. I, I don't really mm-hmm. like the guy as a player. Um, I don't really believe in him as a superstar and. He certainly needs to not shoot 9.7% from three, Con. I'll tell you that. That that would be helpful. He's uh, he's never really been My known sources are telling shooting. me that's not great. My, okay. Actually, my sources are saying that too. All right, no, I know that you have an ending segment that you want to get to. So why don't we fire off on some of these points 
that you want to talk about because I know we have a bigger list and then we can we can move on. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest piece of news, Colin, is that Kyrie is now allowed to play full-time after new, after the New York City vaccine mandate is um, was lifted. That is massive, Colin. That is... That is... That's what the Nets have been waiting for. That's what Kyrie have, has been waiting for. And now... Teams are going to be dodging the Nets in this first-round series, Colin. Oh, absolutely. Now that Kyrie can play the entire series, like... That's that's a that's a big piece of news, Colin. And <clears throat> currently, Colin, the um, the Nets would have to play the Raptors in a first round play in, I believe. And Kyrie still can't play games in Canada, so um, he would not be allowed to play in that game if it was in Toronto. But um, absolutely gigantic news, piece of news, Colin. Um, I'll just fire through the rest of these, Colin, because mm-hmm. I honestly am. A big fan of what I've cooked up for you, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, Blazers expected to seriously pursue Jeremy Grant in a trade this offseason, Colin. This isn't a report that's, like, brand new. We've heard this before. Um, what they could offer, potentially, Colin, is probably Eric Bledsoe, Keon Johnson, who was the Clippers' first-round pick last season, and a 2022 first-round pick, Colin, that's from New Orleans, protected for picks 1-4 to four and protected from picks 15-30. to 30. Um, That pick is currently projected as number 9 pick, so the Pistons, if they decide to trade Jeremy Grant, Colin, they could end up with a Paolo Benchero and a Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. Oh, my God. That that speeds up the timeline for the Pistons quite a bit. Holy. Dude, I'm just saying, like, to have that much talent on that team would be insane. I think the Blazers would be dumb to do that, though. Yeah, I the Blazers are apparently, Colin, very, very... Dumb. high on Jeremy Grant, um, and they are dumb, so I can I can see this very likely happening, Colin, and I'll, I'll give the Pistons a pre-grade A for this if that happens, because if that's that, a That's steal. an A+. Plus. That's such a steal, yeah. dude. Even if you have to <laughs> give up, like, Killian Hayes and just, like, throw him in there. Yeah, <laughs> easy. Like, yeah, easy. Um, on a more serious note, Colin, the Kings shut down center Rashawn Holmes for the rest of the season due to domestic violence accusations. Um, I don't yeah. want to dwell on this one very long, Colin, no, because domestic but... violence is a very serious topic and um, no jokes need to be made about it. And honestly, I don't want to talk about it until the situation no. is fully um, yeah. fleshed out. But yeah, um, he's done for now. Yep. Russian law expert says Brittany Griner, Colin, who is currently in Russia prison for, I believe, having hashish carts, cartridges... Sheesh. Um, tried to uh, tried to sneak them through the airport. She Sheesh. could face up to five years, calling it a Russian labor camp, not that, prison, uh, a Russian labor camp. That doesn't sound like Swedish prison, where you've got like a TV and you just play video games the whole time. Yeah, does does not sound great. I'm honestly hoping that that whole situation gets solved because I can imagine it's a very scary time to be in Russia. Um, Looking out for you, Brittany Griner. But also, maybe don't sneak hashish cartridges into Russia. I don't know. That's just me, though. No. Um, yeah. I, uh, Jonathan yeah. Isaac recently. <laughs> it was, Isaac it was recently... dumb. Let me let me just say, it was dumb of her to do that. I don't know if she deserves five years in a Russian labor camp. I'm actually pretty positive she doesn't. But, all right. I don't know. Um, I don't want to... Wait, actually, no, that's a great segue to this next point you have here. How do you feel about the Russian-Ukrainian war? 
Um, Jonathan Isaac recently <laughs> suffered a setback during his rehab con. He's still expected to return at the start of next season. Um, Jonathan Isaac has not played since August 2nd, 2020, 2020 in the bubble con. Oh, um, wow. Quite a long time. I hope this guy gets healthy for next season because I do like Jonathan Isaac. Um, last two pieces of news. CP3 set to make his return tonight from his hand injury. Um, really ahead of the timeline here, Colin. I hope he's fully healthy because mm-hmm. the Suns team very much needs him to be fully healthy because they are going to make a deep run in this playoffs. Um, last piece of news, Colin. John Morant will be reevaluated in two weeks due to a tweaked knee. Um Grizzlies are fifteen and two without him this season, and they're smashing the Pacers right now. Going to move to sixteen and two, um, and this kind of comes back, Colin. To this is the main reason why Jaw is going to have trouble winning an MVP, Con, because he puts his body on the line every night, um, you know, and he's just bound to miss time like this with the way he plays. Yeah, Ugh. it's uh, it's facts. It's tough. Yeah, I uh, I really don't want to watch this guy repeat of a Derrick Rose because that would just not be fun for anybody. And CP3 is back tonight. Yeah. We alluded to that earlier. Yep. Boom. All righty. There's your guys' news roundup. Colin, I had a lot of free time today at work. I had a lot of free time. Does your, for you, Colin. Does your company subscribe to this podcast? No, they do not. Thank it's you. probably for the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I cooked up for you, Colin, was a little was a little first round mock draft top six picks, and I'm just gonna run it by you, Colin. I'm just gonna run it by you. Okay. Um, we, All right. We'll certainly have a more fleshed out full first round yeah. mock draft, um, but I just wanted. I thought this would be fun. Um, you know, I still have a lot more research to do on these guys, as do you. But these are just my initial impressions. All right, pal. Hey. All right. Don't speak for yourself. All right, pal. But with oh, that sorry, said, sorry, I have a lot sorry. more research that I need to do myself. Noah so and I, I are big I fans <laughs> of of doing your own research. I want you, yes. on every decision you make in life, do your own research. People that have studied these things for a profession, they don't know as much as you could know if you do your own research. So keep that in mind. That's Just facts. Across the That's board. That's facts. Mm-hmm. So I ran a little mock draft simulator, Colin. Um, had to okay, do it fast. to him. Because because um, it really matters who gets the first pick in this draft con on who is going to get taken. Um, and in this mock draft simulator con, the Houston Rockets ended up with the first round pick. Ooh, okay. With the first pick of the first round. And the Houston Rockets, I have selecting... Oh, can I guess? Yes. Um, I think you have them taking Ben Carroll. I have the Houston Rockets selecting Chet Holmgren with the number Ooh. one overall pick. Yeah, I think I like that. It makes, I like that. Rockets can go for your per talent here, Colin. Yeah. Um, whereas other teams would go for the lower floor or higher floor, lower ceiling kind of guys. I assume. Um, yeah. I think pairing Chet Holmgren with Jalen Green, Colin, gives the Rockets a pretty good chance at creating the NBA's next great big small duo um mm-hmm. chet holmgren for those who don't know is 7-1 con um his player comp for me is like a rudy gobert with perimeter skills or a modern day paul gasol which i was a big fan of a modern wow. paul gasol is one of the a modern most day paul awesome... gasol is <laughs> Oof. 
You're taking that like nine that. times out of ten. Um, Chet Holmgren, you know, Gonzaga just lost to Arkansas in the tournament con, but he was one for nine from three in the tournament con. If you had taken away those threes con, he would have shot 81% field goal percentage for the tournament. Holy shit. So he's still a fantastic shooting percentage even with those threes that I have to assume. Yes, he still shot 63% (laughs) with one for nine from threes. Um, But Chet Humpkin is a threat off lobs con. He can shoot threes. Mm -hmm. He can make plays off the dribble. Um, He's honestly unlike any player I think I've ever seen. Uh, I'm being serious. Um, He brings like an old – he brings a modern old school kind of scoring um, con with what I believe with like – modernized shot selection and habits. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Rockets have done a pretty good job of developing Alperin Shengun this season, Con, who could be the potential front court mate next to Chet Holmgren. Yeah. And I, I like this pick a lot for the Rockets. I think Chet Holmgren's going to be a monster. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i say this. I've been a little bit soured by Jalen Green so far. Not that I've watched a ton of Jalen Green. Um, He's been I don't playing know. better as of late. Okay. Yeah, that's that's probably accurate because I what I've been seeing around him more recently has been You're more. You're not positive. watching Rockets games. Yeah, I know. I fuck me, man. I I really I apologize. <laughs> I know we've been talking about you know how do we make this podcast better? We just we hammer down the Rockets. Just become Rockets experts. Uh, he he seems to me right now to be a shot taker, maybe not a shot maker, but that athleticism is there. He's 19 years old. I uh, I guess I'll say this. I wouldn't be banking on Jalen Green to be becoming a superstar anytime soon, but Chet Holmgren could turn a franchise around like that. Potentially. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I went on our rant last Sunday, Con. If Chet Holmgren adds some weight, dude, this guy's going to be a monster. Which he will. Um, I mean, he yeah, will. He's yeah, which, 18, yeah. 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Um. Number two pick, Colin. The Detroit Pistons ended up with the second pick here, Colin. Do you want to guess who I chose for? Well, this? I think you kind of alluded to it. You know, you you like the the Paulo um, kid from Arizona. What, what's his name? I did what's Benedict uh, Mather? Yeah, Benedict Mather. Dude, he is good. All right, yeah, I, I think you take him. I think you're taking Paulo. I think that lines up really well with Cade's talents. Well. The Detroit Pistons with the number two pick, Con, are taking Jabari Smith Jr. No. out of Auburn. Out of Auburn. No. They're taking Jabari Smith Jr., Con. No, 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 no. This is my mock draft. This is my mock draft, right, Con. Fine, you can tell me fine, with your mock draft. Pal. Um, I think Jabari Smith Jr. is a dream matchup with Kate Cunningham. Um, Jabari Smith Jr., 6'10, 210, 19 years old, is a freshman at Auburn right now. Um, He's a pretty good shooter from all over the court, Con. At Auburn, Jabari Smith Jr. didn't have the best playmakers to get in the ball, and currently Cade Cunningham doesn't have the best scores to pass the ball to. Um, Jabari Smith, even without having the best playmakers, still had an awesome college season. Um, Jabari Smith can still grow as a ball handler. He can become someone who's really going to help Cade out on the offensive end. And on the defensive end, I like the pairing of Cade and Jabari Smith Jr. as well. Um, my player conference for Jabari Smith Jr. con was a taller Harrison Barnes, and for our older viewers, I also I think Jabari Smith Jr. has a little Richard Lewis in him, but a better defender than Richard Lewis. Harrison Barnes is not the greatest comp I want for the guy I'm taking two overall. Hey, a lot of people. Hey, hey, okay, okay, I'll get. I, 
three-point percentage Jabari Smith Jr. had gone on 163 attempts. I'm actually, I had to pull up his highlight tape real quick just to, oh man. Jabari Smith Jr. is a count. All right, I'll I'll say this and and we'll move on after that, but, um, you know, having watched a lot of basketball, you know, I'm just, I'm quickly looking at college basketball reference and, and what I can derive from Jabari Smith is he's got that dog in him. He got that dog in he him. He got that dog in him. He attempted more threes this year, Colin, than Jaden Ivey. I'm looking at his stroke right now. That's clean. That's clean. It's uh, it's like the perfect big man shot. Oh, man. Yeah, I like Yeah, this dude's... <clears throat> now Any Colin. dude who's shooting 43%... Oh, with that finger yeah. roll. Oh, that's... All right. Him and I Cade. Can... Him and... Him and Cade. I I understand nasty, it now. Nasty. That could be nasty, quite nasty. nasty. Um, Colin, I had a little trouble at the third pick here. The Orlando Magic ended up with the third pick. Mm, and I'm willing to take your opinion on this, Colin, because I, I couldn't decide between Jaden Ivey and Paulo Bancaro. Um, I, I really couldn't one. for the Magic. It's, it's tough with the Magic specifically because you've got Cole Anthony, who is... He was like in the running for most improved player for the first month and a half, and I, I think he's been sidelined with injuries since. Kind of the same thing happened rookie year, you know? Like he had this surgence. Everybody was like, man, this Cole Anthony guy, he was definitely undervalued in the draft. Um, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's played 60 games this year. You know, no, I, I I take that back. He's he's not been injured the, nearly as the much. The thing the thing year. with me, Con, was do the Magic believe in Jonathan Isaac? Because if they do, they take Jay Ivey, and next year you run a lineup of Ivy, Suggs, Wagner, Isaac, Wendell Carter with Cole Anthony and Mo Bamba off the bench. If you do not believe in Jonathan Isaac's ability to get back to where he was, you take Paolo. Yeah, and I, I think they'll figure that out over these next couple months. I uh, I think tough. that it's a tough I think decision. I'll say this. I'll I'll say this. I think that, and I think I've made this pretty clear, having guessed him for the last three picks, four picks. Uh, I just think that Ben Caro's athleticism, some of the moves that he has, are unreplicable whereas I think that what Ivy can do at the point guard position is not nearly as unique mm-hmm. and so for that I think that I'm okay running with Cole Anthony at the point he's had a fantastic season I mean that team has no weapons so it's really tough to mm-hmm. tell no developed weapons uh, to say that, to put it in better mm-hmm. terms but there's a ton of young talent I just want the best players, I think. I don't think I'm worried mm-hmm. nearly as much about fit right now since they are all so young. And you know that at the end of this, if you can get two of them to their second deal, playing at all-star caliber level, you can attract people to Orlando. Orlando will be a free agent destination if you have players that people want to play around. 
I I agree with that. I like I like that. So I love the magic going with Paulo Bancaro as a okay. third pick. Um, call, Paulo fits really well, Conan, in this developing new NBA where it's really a positionist league. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there is not a gigantic fit question for the um, magic there. Um, my player comp for Paulo was either was Julius Randle. Um, I, I like that comp a lot. I, Paulo is not as good of a three-point shooter as Jabari Smith Jr. is. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to be a really good player, though. He, he is... He's a very, very interesting guy because we could look back at this draft call and be like, "How was, how was Paolo not the number one pick, really?" Um, and he's shown he's, he's he's um impressing at the tournament as well, Colin. Um, yeah. So with with the number one with the number four pick on the Oklahoma City Thunder got it, and I will have them taking Jaden Ivey then. Um, they find Shea's backcourt partner of the future. I think Jaden mm-hmm. Ivey can play shooting guard as well. Um, I think. Wait, what about I think Jaden. Small forward. Josh Giddy's huge, dude. Yeah, but he runs their point. Well, Shea runs the point when Shea's healthy. Well, I think. I think. I don't think yeah. there's a bad. I don't think there's a bad part okay. of having too many right. playmakers on the court. Josh Giddy's six eight. So, I mean, can, dude, uh, we got point guards at six ten nowadays, fella. Yeah, um, Jaden Ivey's going to be an awesome NBA player. Colin, I'm. I'm praying and hoping that the Pacers get the fourth pick because I want Jaden Ivey. Um, my player comp for Jaden Ivey was Donovan Mitchell. Um, he's got shades of Victor Oladipo with that elite first step, and he's kind of, you could say he's like a big Darius Garland too, but honestly I see a lot of Vic Oladipo and Donovan Mitchell and Jaden Ivey. I think Jaden is going to be a fantastic player. Um, that leads us, Colin, to the number five pick. Um, the Kings and Pacers are competing to see who gets this fifth best odds chance, Colin. They actually played the other night, and Damian Jones tipped in a game winner for the Kings at the buzzer, absolutely helping out the Pacers so much. Um, so the Pacers got the fifth pick here in my mock NBA draft simulator, Colin. And with the fifth pick, um, it's really between these these two picks are between two guys, in my opinion, Colin. It's between Can Keegan I guess Murray who they and... are? Oh, Really? I wouldn't have guessed Keegan yeah. Murray. I was going to say I I really like – I thought you were going to say between A.J. Griffin and Benedict Matherin. It, who's, who's I the don't other guy? like Benedict Matherin that much um, to take him this high. Um, it is between A.J. Griffin and okay. Keegan Murray, Colin. Um, Keegan Murray out of Iowa. A little bit older. He's 21. Um, AJ Griffin, eighteen, a freshman. AJ Griffin, six six, two twenty two. Con. He has shades of Jalen Brown, um, TJ Warren to me. Um, he's one of the most talented scorers in the draft. Um, shot forty eight percent from three. Con on one hundred twenty attempts this season. Only averaged ten points, but I think that's due to Duke having a lot of mouths to feed. Um, he's a pretty creative bucket getter. Um, who I, I like AJ Griffin a lot, but with the Pacers. I'm taking Keegan Murray, Con. I'm taking Keegan Murray out of Iowa, six foot eight, two fifteen. Um, I think Keegan Murray is an absolute dream fit next to Miles Turner. Um, Murray is a better. Murray is a very good defender, a knockdown perimeter shooter, Con. Thirty eight percent on one hundred thirty seven attempts. Um, had to do a lot for Iowa. Averaged twenty three points for Iowa this season, Con, in a very competitive Big Ten. Averaged almost nine rebounds and two blocks a game. Um, it's weird, Colin. I was trying to come up with player comps of Keegan Murray, and initially I had thoughts of guys like Cam Johnson or DeAndre Hunter in my mind. Yeah. But I think Keegan, I think Keegan Murray is a better Keegan scorer. Murray's... 
Yeah, Keegan I mean, Murray, Keegan I think, Murray's... is better than those guys. I don't. I think Ke- those guys are three and D con. I think Keegan Murray has a chance to be better than just a three and D mm-hmm. defender on a team. Um, I think Keegan Murray has shades of a Pascal Siakam, a TJ Warren, who is on the Pacers right now. And con, let me know how you feel about this one. He plays a little bit like an Al Horford. I'm not gonna lie here. Oh, I kind of like that actually. He's shorter than Al, right? Keegan Murray comes yes. in at six nine. Yes. Because uh, I think Al's 6'11". Al's 6'9". So. Al's 6'9". Mm, that's a, Al's a tall 6'9". He a big 6'9". He a big 6'9". Yeah, hmm. yeah, I like that because Keegan can step it out. I I just I still think that Keegan is a little bit more versatile of a scorer than those guys. Cam Johnson's actually a, a pretty lethal scorer from a couple places around it's tough because I'm watching him play the college game, which just is different, you know, in how you can score and what you can do. Mm-hmm. I think that I like Keegan Murray as an Al Horford comp the best, though. You know, I think the way they play basketball is probably the most similar. A lot of hustle yeah, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good defense. Keegan Murray is very much going to benefit from the spacing of the NBA as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think he's very versatile, Colin, on defense. He can switch on the wings and bigs. He can possibly serve as a small ball center to me, honestly. Um, he's a very good scorer. He can pick and pop for threes. He can run off screens. Um, he isn't going to break your ankles off the dribble, but he has really no. good body control. Um, he's he's one of those players that's just smooth, Con. Like when he's driving mm-hmm. to the rim, it looks like he's gliding to the rim. Um, I would be very excited for Keegan Murray, Colin. I think the Pacers are in a position where we get this high of a draft pick. We're not really going to commit to the full tank. It is what it is, but if we're not going to commit to the full tank, I want a Keegan Murray. See, I I think that I like A.J. Griffin here. I think in in the things that I've seen out of A.J. Griffin, he has just as high of a ceiling as almost anybody in this draft. This dude has an absolute flamethrower from deep. And you're telling me at 18 years old you can get him in the league, that kind of athleticism? Um, you know, we, we kind of have seen these guys, the Devin Bookers, the Patrick Williams. You know, A.J. Griffin starts, but he's definitely like the third, fourth fiddle on this team. I think that A.J. Griffin could could maybe get a Devin – like. The ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. I, I see like a Devin Booker type player, and mm. and I I just don't know that you can pass on that if you're committing to the full tank, which we will not be. Um, which is why, but you I should think there's be. Just a lot. I'm just yes. saying you I think should. There's, I think there's more questions about AJ Griffin. The talent is there, Colin. That's not yeah. a question. Um, but he has he is a guy who's only 18. Colin. He's had a lot of knee and ankle injuries already. Um, not as impressive as Keegan Murray on the defensive end. His shooting mechanics, I'm honestly kind of iffy on. Um, and I also, like, you, Keegan Murray will just know his role when he comes into the NBA, and a team will know how to utilize Keegan Murray easier than I think a team will know how to utilize A.J. Griffin. Valid, but I don't know. I guess you're looking at That's why I like A.J. Griffin to the Kings, because the Kings don't give a shit about those concerns. Yeah, but the Pacers shouldn't either. Eh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
I, I, if, I, I'm, I the, if I'm the GM, I'm taking Keegan Murray. Uh, this is where we differ. Okay. Oh, this guy's got a Good thing this thrower. is my mock draft. Uh, well, you know what? You you asked me my opinion on an opinion. I didn't show. even. I, that was a false question. I didn't even mean it. Get out of here. <laughs> you said you were considering between the two. I was. But it was like 80 20 Keegan Murray. Um, yeah. There's are you our, like, there's my are you like 70 30? No? No, I might be even 90 10 now. Oh, you bitch. Uh, yeah, there's our top six mock draft con. Even no, that's that was you're a specifically ton of fun. yours, not mine. I had no yes, part. My in top no six mock draft. That was a ton of fun con, and I can't wait to fully fledge into this draft because we didn't even talk about a guy like Jalen Duren from Memphis, who's a fucking no. monster. Shade on oh, Sharp, dude. Benedict Matherin, Johnny Davis, um, Ochai Agaji, Dyson Daniels. Like, there's so many. Yeah. This draft is fun as fuck con, and I can't I wait to that, deep dive yeah. into it. I think that this year's draft is better than last year's draft. And last year's draft was hailed as, like, a, you've got, like, a couple can't-miss dudes. Colin, imagine the Blazers can pull a Jalen Duren at 7 and a Benedict Matherin at 9. Imagine they give you both, they give the Pistons both of those picks for Jeremy Grant. Just saying. For one Jeremy Grant. For one Jeremy Grant. That would, uh, that'd be pretty sick. That would be sick. Yeah, I need the Blazers to get good real quick because they cannot uh, keep being in the lottery for the next five years because then we get, like, a second-round pick, which is stupid. But, yeah, uh, there's the episode, boys. Colin and I, we got some basketball to watch. I got some U.S. men's soccer I'm to watch, I'm actually going to watch men's soccer. If the U.S. Uh, men's team TV. beats Mexico tonight, Colin, we're in the World Cup, baby. N- not officially, officially, but yes. yes. Is it a lock? Yes, it I is thought a it lock was... if we win. Oh. Dude, Brandon's got me out here thinking that if we lose tonight, we're not making it, which is just, I looked Well, no, if we win, we're a lock. If we lose, it is not a lock. It gets dicey, right? Yeah. All right, yes. this isn't a soccer podcast. Sign us off, Noah. Sign us off. I've got sports to watch. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Follow us on Twitter at NBA. Follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating. And look up YouTube videos of Nikola Jovic. Peace. Peace.